to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. It is the 8 o'clock hour of Miller and Moulton here on the Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com, our final hour of the day and week in Lake City and surrounding areas, Tampa, St. Pete, Port Charlotte, to Venice. The bonus hour is an hour away in the 239. Henry Yoho is kind enough to join us. He is part of the fine staff at boltsbythebay.com. Boltsbythebay.com. You can follow Henry on Twitter at Bolts by the Bay. Henry, it's David and Mark. Thanks for your time, particularly at this hour. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on. It's our pleasure. All right. You wrote a piece a few days ago in which you said the Lightning do not have to match what the Maple Leafs have done. Well, now that the Bruins have made a big move, are you sure the Lightning can just stay pat? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think essentially what I was getting at was, um, you know, not necessarily, um, standing pat per se, uh, and kind of just sitting, sitting by, I think my stance was that, you know, I was essentially thinking that the, um, the lightning don't necessarily need to change their plans so much for the deadline, uh, that they, uh, were coming in with necessarily, um, just because I don't think that the the move that they made should totally change course for uh, what the Lightning were going to do. I think that they already were coming into this deadline knowing what uh, their sort of needs were, and we're going to go about those needs just based on themselves and not sort of to get in a sort of arms race with the other teams. Uh, So essentially I was saying that I don't think that those moves that the other teams are making are going to change the the direction that this team is going to go in in any sort of drastic way. I think that they're just going to, make the move based on what they identify as best for themselves and um, not so much to keep up with any of their division opponents. Well, what would you do? Would you tinker much or where would you try to make a move to, to help this team for the stretch run and obviously into the postseason? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, obviously, um, you know, as the team is right now, it's, it's a pretty solid group. Um, you know, the hands are tied a bit uh, for management Coming into this deadline, they don't have a ton of assets. Uh, they essentially have no cap space. Um, so they're not really in a position to make a real big move. And um, I, I do think that there's going to be some small move made, um, maybe one or two players potentially brought in. And it's not going to be any of the big headline names that you've already seen come off the board. I think it's going to be somebody who's maybe a third or fourth line type guy um, coming in on a great value contract, probably somebody – um, you know, probably not making more than, you know, one or $2 million a year um, or, or like a depth defenseman coming in um, guys who are coming in on good value deals uh, who can bring some into the lineup who can slide into a, a role and um, just, just more depth pieces really more than anything. Um, but I definitely do think that there will be something because, you know, in the 2019 season, whenever the lightning won the uh, president's trophy, they ended up kind of standing pat at the deadline and didn't didn't make a move because they didn't want to tamper with the roster. And, um, you know, obviously things went downhill from there, getting swept out in the first round. So I do think there's something something that would need to be done, but I don't think it'll be something major just because it's not uh, realistic for them to be able to do something real big. At least we don't think so. 
He's Henry Yoho. He covers the lightning for BoltsByTheBay.com, BoltsByTheBay.com. You can follow that site at BoltsByTheBay on Twitter. You can follow Henry at Henry Yoho, Y-O-H-O. So you'd be okay if they add a third-line defenseman and or a bottom six forward, and that's mm-hmm. it. You don't think to get through Toronto, Boston, Carolina slash the Rangers and get back to their fourth straight final, you don't think they need any more firepower. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say probably they don't need to add another like high-end player uh, just because I feel like the price tags that are going to be associated with the most high-end players, I don't think that they'll be able to pay uh, compared to some of the other teams that might have uh, more assets available or, um, you know, more available cap space. You know, they don't have a first or second round pick in this year's draft. They don't have a first round pick in next year's draft. Um, those are the expensive price tags that are being played for some of the more high-end players that are already going. And I, I do think that they will be more in line for a player to slot into a third-line type position. Um, they've liked guys coming in to fill a role, like the kill penalties and stuff, uh, like Barkley Goodrow and Blake Coleman from years past, who have uh, been more of your, your grinder-type players, more so than your high-end uh, skilled players to play up front, and those guys have been pretty effective for them in the past. So I think they're trying to identify somebody like that, especially um, like somebody like Nick Paul last year who came up big in the playoffs uh, playing down in a depth role in the lineup. I think that that's the type of player they're looking for more so than more of a uh, highly skilled type of player. You know, it's tough to look for holes, even though they're obviously, you know, well behind Boston, but what they're doing is amazing. Is there an area where mm-hmm. you think they have to? I mean, you know, their defense is pretty damn good. They got the best goaltender, in, if not the best goaltender in the world, one of the best three in the world still. Obviously, they're scoring goals at a pace with anybody in the league. Is there an area that they need to improve in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, like you mentioned, the defense is, uh, is a pretty solid group and they've got the best goaltender uh, for sure. I think they're. You know, like I said, they're probably in a position to add a, another defenseman. Um, but I think maybe they'd probably identify uh, forward depth first um, because pretty much this entire season they have not carried an extra forward. They've been dressing the same 12 forwards pretty much the entire season. And, um, you know, of course, if a playoff run, you're probably going to have some injuries pop up. So I think that they'll probably want to add another forward um, as we get a little bit closer here to the deadline just because um, – you got to have that sort of depth, and I, I don't think they'd be comfortable totally if somebody went down at this point in time because you'd probably have somebody from the uh, American League team coming in at this point. So I think um, you know adding another winger or center play in that bottom six is going to be someone uh, who could be certainly identified for this team as uh, a way to improve. You said they have very little salary cap room. Obviously, you can get other teams to take salary, but you usually Mm -hmm. have to give up high draft picks. Do you think the Lightning would be willing to do what the Bruins did yesterday? The Bruins gave up four picks, but they gave up a first-rounder in a rental deal. Do you think the Lightning would do that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think they absolutely would, um, you know, sort of give up additional capital um, in the draft to do that because, you know, like I said, there's – there's no there's no cap room right now, and um, we've already seen a few teams that were tied up against the cap um, having to bring in a third third dance partner to to make a deal in order to retain uh, some salary to make a certain player work. But of course, in order to do that, like you mentioned, you got to give up um, you know a lot more as far as draft stock goes. And 
you know, the Lightning don't have the first and second round pick this year, so that's their hands are a bit tied with that. I think they would be certainly willing to to part way with um, you know some of the best picks that they have available uh, still. I certainly think that they'd be willing to do that. You know, they they gave up uh, a similar sort of deal at, at the 2021 trade deadline when they brought in David Savard, um, a similar sort of situation when they didn't really have much cap room and had to bring in additional teams and give up more picks in order for a certain salary to be retained. So I do definitely think that that is a possibility of a way to bring in a player um, to get their sort of cap hit down. I, I do think that is something that they're certainly exploring for sure. Henry Yoho covers the Tampa Bay Lightning along with the staff at BoltsByTheBay.com. BoltsByBYTheBay. BoltsByTheBay.com. Follow Henry on Twitter at Henry Yoho, Y-O-H-O. Henry, thanks for doing this, particularly at this hour, and uh, hopefully we can catch up after the deadline and see what they did. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds good. Thanks, guys. Henry Yoho, kind enough to join us here on Miller & Moulton, trying to make a fourth straight Stanley Cup final. Man, that's a lot of hockey. Which all started with the pandemic year and the seas the playoffs were three, four months later than normal. They have played a staggering amount of hockey in the last less than three full calendar years. And this is what's so wild. And I, you know, I'm not into all the metrics of hockey, but just their goal differential. You know, they're they're as good as anybody in the league not named Boston, who's at plus 93. It's just unheard of. They're, you know, I mean, just throw – this is, you know, when the – I used to live in markets and work in markets, and there was one dominant radio station. You just throw that out and look at the rest of the ratings. You just throw the Bruins out. They're, you know, they're plus 37 in goal differential. They scored 206 goals. That's among the leaders in the league. They've given up 169. It's really solid. There's not a lot of areas for this team to improve, if you know what I mean. And the biggest thing with the big move at the deadline, David, as as Henry pointed out, they don't have the cap space to pull it off to get a Patrick Kane. Their goal differential would be the best in the Western Conference. (laughs) And it's fifth best in the East. That's how hard the East is. I mean, you could argue the three best teams are in the same division. I mean, if... If I told you Boston, Toronto, and Tampa Bay were the three best teams in the league, how far off base am I there? It's just where do you put Carolina? It's just not trusting Carolina, whether it's their goaltending or whatever it is. But I don't think that you're wrong, if you know what I mean. And, you know, the NHL, which has had many different playoff formats in the last couple generations, but they've settled back on how it used to be in the 80s which was you had to get out of your own division. And this year, Tampa's division is far and away the best. And the other division in the East is really good. Carolina, Jersey, and the Rangers, that ain't, you know, but that's like Pike's Peak compared to Everest. I mean, honestly, the Tampa Bay, Toronto, Boston division is climbing Everest particularly if you're Toronto or Tampa Bay, because you're going to have to get win two series. Tampa two points behind Toronto with a game in hand. It wasn't relevant last year. Toronto at home ice and Tampa won a game seven north of the border. But, you know, at some point, I, I don't know. I think you'd rather be second than third. Maybe not. I, I don't know. 
Might I'd want game off. seven at home. I, I, I yeah. still would. I mean, I know it doesn't mean anything anymore, but the Lightning have developed one of the best fan bases in the sport. Period. I will say. I'd want game seven at home. I, I agree with you, but I actually think it'd be an advantage for Toronto to start on the road because I think there's so much pressure on the Leafs when they're at home. Like a split is considered, you know, the end of the world in Toronto, where Tampa would be like, hell, we'll take 1-1 going to game three. Let's go. It is going to be just outstanding. Magnificent. Magnificent. If you're not a fan of hockey, take in the Toronto-Tampa Bay first-round series. You'll become a fan of hockey. Trade deadline in a week. Miller and Moulton, Florida Sports Network. Welcome back to Miller and Moulton, only on the Florida Sports Network. Twenty-one minutes past the hour. Miller and Moulton, Florida Sports Network, FloridaSportsNetwork.com. Final hour of the week in Lake City, Tampa, St. Pete, Port Charlotte, and Venice. Bonus hour at the top of the hour for those in the two, three, nine. We have a poll question today. Maybe the best one we've ever asked. I mean, maybe. Could be maybe not, but pretty solid. Today's National Tortilla Chip Day. What are you dipping your chip into? Salsa, queso, or guac? Right now, queso winning. I was surprised you voted queso? Yes. I love all three. This was an impossible question to answer because there is no wrong answer here. I mean, there are a lot of questions where people have answered it incorrectly. (laughs) Even though it's their opinion. Correct. (laughs) But I cannot argue with anyone who picks guacamole, queso, or salsa. Like Kevin Brockway went guacamole. Okay. It's a good choice. I love guacamole. I'm shocked you didn't go guac at the end of the day. Well, I've I've been in a, a queso mood lately. Uh, you know, the wife got me, the wife and the, the mother and the mother-in-law, and they all pitched in and got me one of those smoker grills, you know, like the Traegers. And right. I've been making ever. I've, I've been even making my own smoked queso dip oh. on the grill. Wow. So I, I've been into queso recently. So right now, queso is at the top of my list. Gotcha. You're saying by tournament time, you could be back to guac. Yeah. And I, you know, used to make a lot of homemade salsa, but and the tomatoes are ripe now. In Southwest Florida. So I can go to Farmer's Mike's and get me some nice tomatoes and make a good salsa. So that that could get there too. You know, it's there's no wrong answer here, David. Well, I agree with you. Okay. Now, I'm, I personally, I'm not a guac guy, but I understand how popular it is and the whole deal. But Mark, listening to you, I'm thinking the same thing. I'm thinking, you know, where am I going to go get my fresh produce? Okay. Where and upgrade the grill on my lanai? Okay. I, I'm thinking the exact same thing. You know, that is the one thing I'm, and I know you don't cook, but I, I am amazed that you've never really grilled, that there's not a, that you don't grill more. Of all, I, I get the whole cooking thing. I, fine. You don't cook. The wife doesn't cook. The mother doesn't cook. Nobody. We go out to dinner seven days a week. But at some point, I, I've seen you knock down a steak and I've seen you do it quickly. I could just mm-hmm. see the day coming where you're like, you know what sounds good? A steak. I'm going to grill me a steak because it's, it's pretty simple to do that. It's the one thing that I've been surprised that you've never been a grill guy. 
here's the deal. Like we were just discussing during a commercial break on the Miller Moulton Twitch.tv. If you can take in the show on Twitch, do so because the commercial breaks are usually pretty entertaining. And usually only half the time have something to do with sports. And, and we were just discussing things we would do if we were filthy rich. Okay. Like we wouldn't do a bonus hour in the 239. Okay. We'd buy that hour out. Okay. We just would. Okay. We'd say, nope. You know, we would still do the show. Okay. But we wouldn't do four hours. We'd only do three. You know, certain things we would do if we were filthy rich. Here's the deal it's kind of like if you were filthy rich and you like boating, but to own a boat, it's costly. It's a lot of work involved, the whole deal. But if you're filthy rich, you pay and you, they have a docked and then they bring the damn thing out and you show up and get on it. Okay. And then you go boating and then you come back and you get off and they do all the work and they park the damn, you know, that's, that's how I would be like, I love to grill. I don't want to do any of the prep work and I mean, none of it. Okay. And my wife, okay. There was a moment where I said, I'm getting a grill. And she said, basically, I'll leave you. And I went, what? And she said, you'll blow up the house. Yeah, and your like, wife has a major paranoia of anything being cooked within 100 yards of your home. It, we never use the fireplace. We lived 22 years in our house in Fort Myers, never used the fireplace. We have a fireplace in the condo here. It'll never get used, ever, not once. All right, and uh, veto to grill because apparently – I was going to blow up the house. And so, you know, me being the sarcastic blankety blank that I am that I said, well, why would I stop at the house? Why don't I just take out the whole block? I mean, that let's, why don't we just get a really big grill? You know, as much propane as you could muster. I mean, in fact, forget the pool. I'll fill in the pool. I just want a grill on the lanai. That's it. Right in the middle of the lanai. Caution, stay back 200 feet. That's the kind of grilling... But I used to volunteer. I mean, you know me, I never go to church. But my wife, you know, minister's daughter, goes all the time. And so she volunteers me for certain things. We used to once or twice a year, I would, the big church picnic, I would be the griller. I would do steaks, hamburgers, hot dogs, the whole deal. Chicken, four or five hours. Loved it. I absolutely loved it. But you can't have one at home. No, no, because I'm going to blow the place up. And now right. you're probably now condo life. My guess is you can't even have a grill on your patio. You probably have to have one, you know, they you frown know, about that. They frown upon those things in condos. You know, it's funny you bring up whether or not you're allowed to have it or not. See, here's my feeling. I own the place. Oh, boy. He's never de- dealt with an HOA. Okay. Listen to him go, folks. Listen to him go. That's number one. I own the place. Completely paid off. Number two... The old adage, it's easier to beg forgiveness than ask for permission. Like, we're contemplating making some changes. My wife sent an email to the lady who's the president of the HOA asking what it is we're allowed to do and yeah. not allowed to do. Uh-huh. No. No, 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 yes. Actually, yes, David. This is where you're 100% in the wrong. You need no. to figure, thank goodness your wife is doing this the right way. No. And here's why. That okay. lady's never going to be in our condo. We're in our 50s. We're going to live here till we die. Okay? We're probably going to outlive her. 
okay? Knock down walls, whatever. She's not going to know. You don't think with workers, boy, oh boy, you are in for a rude awakening of condo life. First off, even though no one in your condos probably know who you are yet, they all know you moved in and they're watching you. Do you know why? You're new. They're trying to figure out what the new guy is going to do. And when all of a sudden contractors start piling into your condo, they're going to run to the HOA and tell on you because that's exactly what happens in those places. You have no idea what you're in store for coming up if you're going to play by the rules that you think you can play by. So here's the deal. When I knock down the wall that separates the kitchen from the dining room and they come in and go, you can't do that. I'm going to look at them and go, don't know what to tell you. Wall's knocked down. Find me. I'm going to be Derek Coleman with Bill Fitch back in the day. I'm just going to hand the HOA a blank check, sign, and say you fill out what you think is fair. The odds are you can get away with it because it's inside, but I'm telling you right now, you start violating their rules. I wish you the best of luck. There's no help for you at that point. Listen, I'm not changing what the outside of the condo looks like. All right, God forbid, you know, you got to have the ugly brown screening and, you know, in the certain tile and fine, whatever. I understand. But it's my it's my condo. They'll actually take the condo from you. No, they will not. This is not Naples, for goodness sakes. Come on. It's Jacksonville. Please. I've got two lawyers who just sent me texts. Can't wait to read them during the commercial break. <laughs> I'm guessing they're on your side. I, I know they're on my side. You're an absolute moron right now, and I love you, and I'd take a bullet for you, but you have no idea how wrong you are right now. David, your mother got in trouble for flying a damn flag at her condo in New Jersey, and you think you can just arbitrarily knock walls down? By the way, my mother kept flying the flag and kept paying the fines, okay? That's how we roll, Mark. <sighs> explains a lot. It explains Rebels. a lot. I, of course not. Paid for this. It looks the same on the outside. What do you care what I do on the inside? Oh, I, I could knock all the walls down and grill. What do you care? Then you'd lose your condo. But that's okay as long as you get to do it the way you want to do it, David. That's what's important. To hell with the rules. Do it your Mark, way. Whose condo is it at the end? Mine or theirs? It's mine. Oh, boy. Miller and Moulton and the HOA, the new sponsor on the Florida Sports Network. You're listening to Miller and Moulton exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. It is the home stretch in Lake City and surrounding areas, Tampa, St. Pete, Port Charlotte to Venice. The bonus hour for the 239 at the top of the hour, Miller and Moulton. Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. Miss any part of the show? Hey, Kevin Brockway on an hour ago talking about all the ills with the Florida football and men's basketball programs. We had Henry Yoho on at the top of this hour talking about what, if anything, do the Lightning need to do with the trade deadline a week away. But, Mark, let's get to the, the meaty stuff, you know, the biggest thing that we've talked about today. Queso, guac, salsa. <laughs> National Tortilla Day. 
<laughs> What's the best thing to have with your chips? Voting not nearly what it was for our chicken wing or eating in bed votes. I hope it'll pick up throughout the day. Salsa making a vast comeback, closing the gap on queso with guacamole bringing in the rear. 41% of you right now are picking queso with your tortilla chips. Go to that Mark Miller, the David Moulton, or FL Sports Network on Twitter or FloridaSportsNetwork.com to vote on today's poll question. Listen, we don't let the big stuff slide, ladies and gentlemen. We, we don't miss a thing. I mean, we may have not known that there was an XFL game that was played last night. We may have missed that entirely. But National Tortilla Day, not a chance. During the break, I discovered something, David, that I know people will want to hear. Phil Steele has put out his projected preseason AP preseason top 10. He's pretty good at this. He hits this damn near every year. And you could take this top 10 list, pull up the top 10 list from 1974, and find that it's not that different. Uh, Here we go. (laughs) By the way, the reason we keep going back to that, when Gary Danielson used to join us regularly, and there was a time when he would join us in studio, and he came in and he actually had it down on a a note pad. And he read off the top 10, and we all looked at one another kind of like, yeah, okay, yeah, it's going to be top 10. He goes, yeah, that was 1974. We were like, oh, what, what point are you trying to make here? You know, I was going to start at 10, but I think I'm going to start at 1 because I think everybody knows who 1, 2, and 3 are. Uh, George, Alabama, Ohio State. That's correct, David. Way to go. <laughs> <laughs> Now the question is, am I going to stop with my winnings here or am I going to risk it for what's behind door number two? That's very true. Do you want another Plinko chip and do you want to try to take a stab at who number four is? Man, number four. Um, Boy, with two SEC teams, it's tough to go with a third SEC team that high. Um, Michigan? That is correct. The University of Michigan, he has projected as the number four team in the country. For number five, Phil Steele stays in the Big Ten. Penn State? Penn State is his preseason number five. Wow. Hey, if that's the case, is the Big Ten – wait, do they still have divisions this year? Is this the last year of divisions? Last year of divisions because USC and UCLA haven't joined the conference yet. If that's the case, this would be an epic Big Ten East. Number six, LSU. LSU. Look at this. Three Big Ten, three SEC. Oh, man. Number seven. Uh, I'm going to Clemson. No. Same conference, a little closer to home. Florida State. Oh, look at him. Look at him. By the way, six and seven open the season against one another in Orlando. Clemson is number eight. All right. Notre Dame. Number 10. Ah. Okay. So now basically the big guess is who's nine. Can anybody for the big 12 or pac 12? Cause we've got what? We got three SEC, three Big Ten, two ACC, and Notre Dame. Yeah, I was going to say two and a half ACC. Right. Um, 
So th- doesn't this really come down to either USC or Texas? I mean, doesn't, don't you think that that's where the, the guess is? Um, USC. That's correct. Number nine, USC. <laughs> Look at the teams that are in this top 10. So to review, Georgia, number one, Alabama, number two, the Buckeyes, number three, Michigan, number four, Penn State, five, LSU, six, Florida State, seven, Tennessee, or I'm sorry, Clemson, eight, USC, nine, and Notre Dame, 10. Now, for the record, it needs to be pointed out, this is not Phil Steele's top 10. This is Phil Steele's projection as to what the AP top 10 is going to look like in mid-August. This is his prediction as to what the AP top 10 will be in the preseason poll. Phil Steele, in early July, his magazine comes out. He will list his top 25, and he takes into account where he thinks teams are going to finish in his top 25. And he's always done it that way, but this is his preseason top 10 of what he thinks, like David said, what the AP will look like when it comes out in August. He's had a pretty good track record of getting this 100% right. Okay, last year. Now, let's just assume, because what's he, 96%? Yeah. 96, wow. So, let's assume he's going to get nine of these 10 minimum. Like, last year, we were pretty good. You know, Michigan State was top 10. Texas A&M was top 10. Notre Dame was top 10. We laughed at all three. Just laughed, mocked it, couldn't believe it. How? What in the world are these teams doing? Maybe Michigan State was eleven or twelve. They like were. They, were, they just, were somewhere outside of the top ten, but, but still was ridiculous. Right. Yeah, we thought this would. This is a joke. Okay. Of these ten, what's the one that you go? What? They're not going to finish in the top ten. Or and actually, I'm sorry preseason top 10 that you look at and you go, oh, this is going to be a bad look. This is going to be like A&M and Notre Dame last year, in which this is going to be egg all over their preseason poll face. Boy. My initial one is I would think Florida State. I mean, I think they'll be a preseason top 10. I think that's, I don't think they're there yet. I don't think they're a team that's going to finish in the top 10. Okay. That's interesting. Because you could argue they'll be favored in 10 games for sure. And then they're at Clemson and they're in Orlando playing LSU. That'll be a toss up. That'll be two points either way. So favored in 10 of their 12, though. I mean, they're, they're not going to be an underdog against anybody else in the ACC, are they? Shouldn't be. I don't see that. So, hmm. Okay. Tell you what, the Penn State one I find interesting. They had a lot of young guys on that team last year. Now, the quarterback wasn't. He had been there for five years. But they had a kid ready and waiting. And most of the team, though, was sophomores. That was a young team. I'll I'll throw this out there. How about USC? in which I wonder, because, man, they won a lot of close games last year. And are we sure that the quarterback and the wide receiver, the ones leaving, I mean, 
I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, don't... I know there's a lot placed on that quarterback. He's back, Caleb Williams, right? And, right. Uh, I, I just don't know. I mean, as he prepares his life to be a Miami Dolphin. <laughs> right. In case you didn't see that, he was asked what team he'd want to play for, and he said he'd like to play with the Dolphins. And apparently, Gasecki's staying for a few more years, even though he's a free agent, because he'd like to throw him the football. <laughs> right. <laughs> Did you see Gasecki's tweet, by yes. the way? Yes. It's hysterical. Gasecki's like, wait, I'm staying for two more years. I'm just trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my condo. How about this? How about Notre Dame? They've had a lot of turmoil this offseason. Lost their old line coach, new coordinators brought in, but they did get the quarterback from Wake Forest. Good player. Really good player. That's why my initial thought was Notre Dame, but the quarterback makes me think that that could be accurate. Is James Franklin really ready to go toe-to-toe? I mean, he had them right there in 2016 and 2017. And he won the East in 2016, and he was right there in 2017 when he had Saquon. And they lost a heartbreaker one-point game to Ohio State on the road. They were right there for two years. And now he's been basically spending five years trying to get back even with them. Are we sure they're ready? Because, I mean, if you're going to be top 10, you got to win – I mean, you could lose both those games and win the rest and sneak into the bottom of the top 10. But but that's I mean, saying they, you're going to get one of them. Yes. Now, their schedule is always balanced. They've always got one home and one away. And since this is an odd year, I think they host Michigan. Yeah, I thought they traveled to Michigan last and year. go to Ohio State. I think that's how it works in an odd year for Penn State. So... But that's Phil Steele's preseason, what he thinks the AP top 10 will look like. And he's been pretty darn accurate with that. I will say this, Georgia's schedule is embarrassing. I mean, it is. It's so bad. How too- bad is it? Sorry. Well, thank you, Mark. And hello again, everybody. It's so bad, Mark, that... I would like to make the case if they lose a game, they shouldn't be in the playoff. That's how bad it is. Problem no, is, I'm not, I'm not no, I, I understand. I'm not kidding. They'll be favored in every game they play. They'll be favored by at least a touchdown in every game they play. The smallest line they'll have is when they go to Knoxville. And my guess is they're, Still a seven-point favorite, seven to nine. Maybe, maybe it's just under seven. That'll be the only game on the board that's not a they're not a double-digit favorite in. But their schedule is so embarrassing. I truly believe, as the two-time defending national champion, okay, it's so embarrassingly soft. That if they lose a game, they should not be in the playoff. Because you can't tell me, based on the schedule they're playing, that you're going to know for sure that they're one of the top four teams in the country. I mean, they scheduled 11 wins. Just so you know, to review, they open with UT Martin. Then they play balls. 
by the way, Florida opens with Utah. Right. UT Martin. Right. Ball State. Uh-huh. Conference game against South Carolina at home. UAB at home. At Auburn. Kentucky at Vandy, Florida, Missouri, Old Miss, at Tennessee, at Georgia Tech. But again, those non-conference games are UT Martin, Ball State, UAB, and Georgia Tech. So when they go, if they were to go eleven and one, and every, and let's just say they lose to Tennessee, and Tennessee w- wins the East, and they go to Atlanta, you know, well, you got to put Georgia in. They're the two-time defending champs, and they went eleven and one. Seriously, that's the worst. That's the worst they could do with that schedule, with the talent they have. I mean, who would bet the if they put the under at ten and a half? Who would bet it? It's going to have to be 11 and a half, isn't it? Have to be. Because 10 and a half is a dunk for, I don't care what the odds they want to put at. That's a dunk for the over. So it's embarrassing. I mean, it is. I mean, look at the schedule Florida's playing. I mean, seriously. Utah, their crossovers LSU versus Georgia's crossovers Auburn. Then Florida's playing Florida State while Georgia's got Georgia Tech. No offense with the rosters that both programs have right now. I think they should switch. Now, that would interest me. You give Georgia Florida schedule, now I'm interested. We got some games on this schedule. Just the non-conference games would be worth it alone. Utah and Florida State, are you kidding me? Imagine being a Georgia season ticket holder this year. Take a look at that home schedule you're buying. Oh, yeah, that's right. The Florida game's on a neutral field. You know what? They don't even care right now. They just get to go and celebrate being two-time national champs. They don't They don't care who's on the schedule, David. They really don't. No. You would know. You were a part of that family once. I'm, And I'm telling you, right now, they're just looking at this going, can we get three? Can we run this back for a three-peat? I'll tell you what, UT Martin, they might be tough for that opener. Which, like the accent, which point I'd be like, are we talking hoops? Hell no. Go dogs. Spring ball in a week. <laughs> Miller and Moulton, thanks so much for listening. Lake City, Tampa, St. Pete, and Port Charlotte. We'll do it again on Monday. The bonus hour is next.